Welcome everyone to Ian's Untitled Scene Show. My name is Ian and I am really excited once again because I have a flurry of returning friends coming on the show. So without further ado, I just want to mention it's awesome. He's actually going to be going on tour coming up. It's the end of winter tour. It is Robbie from Saving Vice. Robbie, man, how are you doing today? I'm doing good, Ian. How you doing? Not too bad. I, I kind of like introing someone with a tour for once. I don't think I actually get to do that that often. <laughs> Normally, it's a new EP or a new album. So to be able to say, hey, these guys are going out on tour, I like that. Yeah, man. It's, uh, it feels good to be back on the road. Um, so it's so funny to hear you say end of winter tour. Uh, I remember I was just making the assets with our agent, Wesley, mm-hmm. um, about a week ago prior to recording this. And right as I'm like finalizing all the assets, you know, like the story version, the Instagram version, all that stuff. Um, he goes, wait, we should have called this the end of wind tour. Yes. <laughs> and I'm like, you, I was like, you fucking asshole. I was like, I fucking love that. I'm so mad. <laughs> like we're literally wrapping everything up after like a day's worth of work. He's right. like, we should call it the end of wind tour. That is really damn Missed good. Opportunity, Ian. Oh, Missed opportunity. I'm mad. I didn't think of it. That's what pisses me off. I was like, my guys probably would have shot that out of the sky, but I personally love that. Yeah. How oh. how do you not like fun tour names like that? I know. It's hard not to. It really is. But man, I am so glad to have you back on the show. You know, we've obviously talked off and on for years and years, but it's always really good to have. And I, I've said this so many times recently, but it, it bears repeating. I love having genuine people on the show. And you're one of those people. So I'm very happy to have you on today. So tell me a quick day. I know you're at your studio. It's Hell Here Studio. So how was your day? I know you've been working on some stuff. Yeah. And thank you for the kind words. I really appreciate that. And, um, you know, I really enjoy talking to you, too. Obviously, we've been friends for years now. Oh, yeah. It's always a pleasure. I mean, I would just talk to you if, it, you know, over a phone call. And we have. So if we can record <laughs> it. I mean, we say some pretty interesting stuff sometimes. So. Um, but, uh, as far as my day, um, it's been pretty chaotic. I'm sure we're going to dive a lot into like, you know, the vampires everywhere, hellbender tour stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but I kind of, uh, budgeted a really healthy week for me as far as like, you know, practicing noodling around with some guitar tones, Nice. um, you know, working on the set list for the band. So like, you know, pretty much typical tour prep type stuff mm-hmm. before we hit the road. Right. You know, sip my coffee, play with my dog, whatever. <laughs> uh, this whole week has turned into a completely different story just because of like the last minute stuff. Um, me, Wesley, our, our agent I mentioned earlier, mm-hmm. and, you know, our the rest of the band had to do uh, to scramble together another tour. So that kind of took up a big majority of my week. Yeah. So now I'm definitely in um, hair pulling mode as far as like, um, you know, doing all that last minute stuff. Well, hold, uh, like hold on, Robbie. Hold on. Wait, 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 wait. What's up? It wasn't last minute. It was 22 days. <laughs> oh, yeah. Right. Yeah, now, 22 days. I couldn't yep. see your face on that, but I'm assuming you didn't know where I was yeah. going with that. <laughs> I think the entire, yeah. Yeah, our entire uh, band just rolled their eyes right there. But yeah, it was yep. 22 days yep. uh, prior to the show. Uh, so we, yeah, we were scrambling to put it together this past weekend and, um, yeah, so that was definitely tough. But, uh, as far as, um, today goes specifically, 
Um, I did so, uh, mix for a client. Nice. Um, let's see. I did a bunch of business stuff. Um, we had one of the dates on our tour uh, get canceled, so I had to work on trying to salvage something there. Ah. Um, and then uh, what was I going to say? Then Tyler came over. We recorded a new song for Saving Vice. Nice. It's probably going to be our next A-side single, so people can look Hell forward yeah. to that. Yeah, it's a nice heavy one for everybody. Nice. Um, we haven't dropped one of those in a minute, so I think people will like it. And then uh, what was I going to say? Oh, and then Tyler and I basically just put together um, all the merch down in my I, my dining room in my house. Is kind of like it's been the miscellaneous room that people just go into, you know, fuck off and do work or whatever. Sure. So we went in there and we set up these um these like plastic merch racks or whatever. Because I'm housing all the merch now. I'm kind of like the band house guy. Yeah. yeah. So by default, I, I end up getting like everyone's shit here. So <laughs> um, trust me, like I got a whole closet full of lost and found items from bands and my bandmates. And I'd imagine. Yeah. I get a lot of stuff at this house. I'm telling you, man, it's like the Bermuda <laughs> Triangle of musicians. Yep. Um, but <laughs> oh, it's so funny, too. Oh, just a quick side rant or whatever. Oh, yeah. It's so funny because like every single time my boys come over, which they're going to be doing tomorrow. Okay. Uh, all uh. my guys are coming over. I do this thing where I, I gather them all around and I got this like, like I said, my closet, I got this big box full of like lost and found items. Just, you know, shit. I found the van or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I just if I don't know whose it is. I throw in the box kind of thing. Sure. And, uh, you know, we gather around and they all just like get so angry with me right off the bat. Like, oh, this is stupid. They're like, this is fucking dumb. Like, I didn't, I don't lose anything, bro. Why are we like, oh, there's my, <laughs> there's my towel. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? <laughs> All right. <laughs> Every time without fault, someone finds something like, oh my God, it's hilarious. Anyways. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's my Apple watch. Wow. Okay. Oof. You know, wow. That, yeah, that's, that, one. that's a lot that was more an actual than like a one, drumstick. A client yeah. of mine left here. So oh, really? It was an actual, Oof. yep. It was an actual, I, that might've been the most expensive item someone's left here. Um, but, uh, what was I going to say? Uh, yeah. So yeah. So Tyler and I were doing uh, the merch rack stuff. Um, <laughs> and uh, he's upstairs chilling right now. I think he's doing some other work. But I'm in the studio um, to hop on this and kind of close out the day. So Very that's nice. pretty much how my day's gone. Yeah, man. I I know you always stay consistently busy. <laughs> always. I know it's that. It's, to yeah. Silence the demons. I'm yes. telling you. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I'd works. imagine. I'd imagine so. Now, is this still the same studio and house in New York? It is. Okay. Yes. So I live in um I live in upstate New York. Yeah. Uh yeah, my my um my partner and I bought a house a couple of years ago. Right. And that's where I'm living now. Yeah. Very nice. Now, you're going to have everyone over tomorrow and then are they going to stay with you until you guys make your way to the first stop of the tour? Um yeah, pretty much. So we have a couple things going down. Um so we have uh, basically, um, as we kind of, uh, it'll be announced by the time this podcast airs. Yeah, yeah. But um, Chase, one of our, one of our, you know, one of the two vocalists we have in Saving Vice, um, you know, left our band a couple months back, and we just made an official announcement about mm-hmm. it. So he will not be with us on this tour. So we wanted to kind of give ourselves some ample time to sort of like, you know, dial in the new ah, um, arrangement. Right. So. Right. Like the backtracks and all that stuff like that. That's always a little bit of a stressor, but I have a pretty good grasp for that now. Like our tones at this point, it's mainly just like ticky tack kind of moves sort of thing. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like really dialing something in fine tuning. Um, but the biggest hurdle for us for sure is going to be vocals. Cause like, you know, we, as you know, and maybe a lot of people listening, 
know that we've kind of built our songs to really incorporate chase yes over the years sure. like um our music because because we don't ever want to be known as like we never wanted to be known as like a two vocalist band where it's like why do they have one member or why do they have you know what i'm saying like why right. do, why don't they just have one vocalist which you sometimes hear about bands with two vocalists so we wanted to make sure that you know we utilized his tone like for example in like white rabbit with the cool rapping and stuff like he has a great a great timbre for stuff like that so sure. we really wanted to utilize him but now it's like that sort of thinking has sort of put us in a in a challenge for Tyler especially. So it's like we have to figure out how to, you know, cheese it, I guess, the best way we can live mm-hmm. while also still sounding good. And I think um I, I'm sure we're gonna suck at first. I'm sure it's gonna be like, you know, but what better way to learn and practice and get better than to be thrown in the fire, you know? So for it's sure. like one of those things where I think he will be assuming most of the vocals mm-hmm. and i think me and kenjamin um my, our bass player i think we're going to be slowly working our way in vocally ah okay yeah i mean i can sing i already do a lot of the the backing harmonies and layering and in, in our music right um you know people have probably heard my voice in our songs so like that's not super weird i'm still kind of new to the screaming stuff sure but at the end of the day man it's like i'm a producer like i'm a professional musician like i will figure it out it's kind of yeah. like when you put an athlete in another sport, like they're, they're an athlete, they're going to figure it out. And like, you know what I'm saying? Like might take them a minute to learn the mechanics, but well, let's not forget. Um, I mean, for people that don't know, you originally went from bass to guitar. So you right, yeah, kind exactly. of already done right, this. That's already. a great yeah. point. Yeah. yeah. I've already made a, a, a jump. I mean, to be fair, bass and guitar is still like, you know, same family sort of thing, oh, sure. but yeah, but still you could argue the same with singing and screaming too. Exactly. And it seems like most people, have an, most people have an easier time getting screaming down from from what i've seen mm-hmm. so i'm really not that um i'm really not that nervous about it so yeah uh but i think it's something we're slowly going to incorporate throughout the tour um like i said I, i'm sure the first few shows are going to be rough but um so i apologize to anyone <laughs> who sees us on like the first week or so but just like anything man it's like you go to the gym a bunch or whatever it's just like you get stronger you mm-hmm. know and it's like every single time gets a little bit easier and what better way to be better live musicians than to be thrown the fire every night, sure. you know, and to just do it. Right. You know? And you guys have had to do, I mean, you guys have done this kind of mm-hmm. thing before you've been thrown in the fire. You've had plenty of like tour issues in the past. You know, now we have this new one and yeah. it seems like you guys always seem to come out ahead, which speaks volumes about your dedication, professionalism and the way you're able like in, and your passion for music. Let's not leave that one as a, as an aside. Right. You know what I mean? So I, I think that if anything, this is just going to help you with all that. And I think also people who know the backstory of what happened with this tour, you weren't originally going to be headlining, you know, originally Chase was going to be in the band. There's a lot of things that have happened that you guys are going to adapt to. And I think people will give you that leniency, you know, to make sure, you know, hey, they're going to get on their feet. They're going to be able to do this and they're going to make it sound good. Right. And I just want to clarify, too, that that Chase didn't leave because of, you know, the tour or anything like that falling apart. It it had nothing to do. This was, uh, you know, he decided to leave months beforehand. So it wasn't like it had nothing to do with that. Um, His own separate reasons. But as far as, um, you know, and I'd love to talk about this, too, because, like, you know, we've been touring for a while now. I I think we've done pretty much the, you know, the standard band sort of like comeuppance you know where it's like 
when we first started out, we played a lot of really like tough local <laughs> shows. You know what <laughs> I mean? You're playing to die bars and stuff, getting beers thrown over your head, like, you know, that sort of level Roadhouse when we were first stuff. starting out. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, then that sort of evolved into we developed enough of a local fan base in New England where it's like, OK, now we're getting put on these national act shows, yes. which is great for a band our size. This was back in like, you know, 2018. This was oh, yeah. happening. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm sure even I'm pretty sure you've been to some of these shows. Too, Many of them. Like, <laughs> yes. Right. We're, we're opening for Dayseeker or yep. whatever. Mm-hmm. And like those are really good opportunities for a band our size. You know, at the time we got on Warp Tour in 2018, yep. the last one, which is awesome. Um, and then like. You know, over the pandemic, obviously that shifted a lot of uh, a lot of things. Um, we still managed to get a couple short runs in, like mm-hmm. week long, two week long type stuff. Last year was the first year we really jumped out of the nest, yeah. um, financially and touring wise. Uh, and it started with the Born Dead tour, right? right. Which our previous uh, manager slash agent she booked for us with Lil Xan and Dropout Kings. Yep. You know, and obviously a lot of people listening are probably familiar with that story already. But Lil Xan decided to drop off the day of the tour while we were in Texas. Yep. yep. And then we proceed to have all these van issues, too, which was a whole different conversation. But just a slew of bad luck back to back to back. And it really put us in a big financial hole. Um, We did a GoFundMe and that was awesome. Yeah, Yeah. And we raised all the capital that we asked for, which was amazing and if it weren't for that we'd be completely shut out financially altogether but yeah you know it's it was very expensive we still managed to play all the dates that we possibly physically could Mm um you know and i think it was definitely a tough time for us and dropout kings um you know being put in that kind of position right then later in the year we ended up doing uh a tour i'm trying to get my facts straight because this was a while ago right but we had a tour announcement for our dichotomy EP. Yes. Um, and uh, we, we were doing a fall run and there's two legs to it. And I believe the first leg was us and violent new breed mm-hmm. and thirst um, ah, okay. and violent new breed the day after we announced or the day of the announcement, like right after we posted basically reached out and said, yeah, we're not playing the show. Wow. So for what I, they had their reasons, yeah, yeah. I don't Everyone remember does. them being right. like, you know, I don't really remember what they were, but they had reasons. Um, I, you know, obviously we were disappointed and we rebranded it with just us and Thirst, mm-hmm. who are great people, by the way. Oh, good. Highly recommend you guys check out Thirst. Yeah. Um, excellent band. Very good people. So uh, what was I going to say? Um, yeah. So we had to like basically rebrand it. I remember we had to switch ad mats too because um, it, it, trust me, this was a whole slew of fuckery. So we had oh, two sure. legs, right? One mm-hmm. leg for dysmorphia theme, right? And one for calling yes. kindness theme, right? Which were the two songs on that split EP we did with um, Justin DeBlake, who's amazing too, by the way. I love that dude. Oh, Shout good. out Justin. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, I know. So we did this EP and I'm pretty sure the thirst violent new breed was supposed to be calling. Yeah. I, I'm pretty sure it's supposed to be calling. Okay. But because of all the, the fuckery that was happening, we had to flip flop them, the flyers. Oh, okay. it, dude, it was, dude, it was a mess. I can't oh, even sure. remember. Right, right. I can't even remember accurately. That's how like much of a mess this was. And I remember we j- had just hired Wes to be our agent, like mm-hmm. shortly uh, beforehand. Um, And I remember he was trying to book. This was like the first thing he was booking for us. And I remember like he wanted to, you know, book us a headliner. 
and he got linked up with uh, Joe, who I'm sure you remember. Do you know who Joe is? That name sounds really familiar, but off the top of my head, I do not remember. And he as was soon as the you tell uh, me... mastermind behind the uh, irate fest in Kentucky. Remember that fiasco? Oh my, no, I don't. <laughs> Seriously? No, this I, is like your stuff. I, I, I know. I, I love controversy and bullshit that happens. No, I do not remember that one. Oh man. I am pissed that's off right all now. All that's got Ian Seen written all over it. Um, Please, yeah, no. Yeah, so, tell me. Joe, I, I look, look. I I'll don't look like, it up. You know, I'll look it up. Yeah, I want to be like, you know, uh, you know, I don't like bashing anyone or anything yeah, like right. that. But this guy is kind of a rare exception, I think. Like he genuinely did a lot of messed up stuff, and uh, so as far as the irate fest goes, yeah, he got like pretty much hard canceled out of the scene, I guess, for that. Um, I don't want to get into those details because sure. that's not my story to tell. But this was happening simultaneously oh, to our story, by which the way, I'm happy to tell. I just looked it up on Lamb Goat. I got it now. I oh, yeah. It. I'm sure yeah. Lamb Goat was like more than happy to come. Oh, that. they're, they're that loving sounds, it. That sounds accurate. Yep. I, I am seeing all the info. So people can look that up. We'll so anyways, that to a side. Yes. Yeah. Go ahead. So he had some issues with his fest, which mm -hmm. was Irate Fest um, in Kentucky. Yep. And people can go and look that up for themselves. I don't need to. You no, know, no. That's that's a different story. So for our story, you know, he had a couple bands that he was trying to put together. One was Violent New Breed. Uh, one was Thirst, uh, which made sense because we were all on uh, the one we were hungry fest. If people remember that. Yes, yes. Mm -hmm. um, which was an awesome idea. Unfortunately, it it did end up getting canceled. Um, yeah, just like which the is first day, like the first day yeah. of when we were young. <laughs> yeah, not quite the same. Not reasoning, the same thing. But, no, uh, no, no. Yeah. But, but anyways, I was pissed because um, I was, by the way, I count that I was in Vegas for the first day of when we were young, obviously got canceled. You're joking. Oh, no, no. That's a dude. That's a whole, that's a whole story right there. Cause I also didn't sure get to go is. to the second day, but I had booked my tickets to be able to go to when we were hungry as well. So technically I got three shows canceled on me oh. on that one trip. Yeah. I gotta be honest, man. Like, um, and I, you kind of touched on it, but I feel like the pandemic and especially 21, uh, 2021 and 2022, there, it was like the year of cancellations, yes, man. It was crazy. Sure. And it just, it wasn't just us. There was nope. a lot of bands because people were just fumbling our way out of COVID trying to get stuff like people were just rushing and people weren't following protocols and you had tour members getting sick. Oh yeah. Yep. All tours. I mean, most iconically, you know, we had the, um, the spirit box and, yes. uh, uh what Limbiscuit, I think. Yeah, right? that was huge. Right. That was a, that was probably the, one of the biggest ones in our scene as far as like tours getting canceled. But yep. yeah, no, I mean, like this was a thing that the whole industry was, was struggling with. But in any case, yeah. So going back to Joe, though. So mm -hmm. um, I, I guess he managed to man uh, fight from within. I think yeah, I could be. Familiar. It began with an F. I'm mm -hmm. sorry. I, I really want to make sure I'm, I'm just, you know saying the right stuff here. But sure. he had this uh, band he was managing. It was going to be us them uh thirst and i think violent new breed was on the package i can't even remember but he was trying to book this this tour and i remember like our agent wesley was like reaching out like hey can you share your spreadsheet like blah 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 blah. and he was just like super like um what, what's the opposite of opaque <laughs> he was very like closed off about yeah, it like sure. he didn't want to share anything and um didn't want wes looking at his cards and he's like okay huh. whatever so, yeah, which was a little strange and concerning, but we just kind of let it go. And so we made the ad mat and stuff like that, um, or I made it. And I was just like, okay, I literally just need the dates. 
And finally, we, you know, we get the dates out of him. And so I'm filling all these, you know, um, and we had a lot. There's a lot there. Uh, so we had, we had a lot of dates. So I put, the, you know, cities and the, the, the venues Venice. and stuff like that. Everything mm-hmm. was great. And when we announced it, uh, two things happened. Number one, Violent Breed dropped hmm. right away. Okay. So right off the bat, terrible start. Like that's like the worst thing that can happen to you. One of the well, well, right. Well, <laughs> we found out there's other things too, but yeah. um, one of the worst things that can happen is right after announcement, because you know, day one of announcement of anything, music, tour, whatever, mm-hmm. like that's your one of the the biggest days. You right. see what I'm saying? To get oh, yeah, right, for sure. You want those ticket sales. So whenever you have broken links, you have people dropping off, whatever, it's not good. Mm-hmm. So that was one of like the worst things that could happen on a announcement day for a tour. So, um, you know, and they have their own reasons that they cited. Um, but yeah, I know. So like Violent New Breed, uh, was no longer on it. So, uh, we had to shuffle some stuff around, obviously hit up these promoters and make sure, cause I mean, we were playing some West market, uh, stuff. I mean, excuse me. Did I say that right? West coast market. West coast, stuff. Yeah. That's what I was trying to say. Yeah. Yeah. West coast stuff, which is where they're from. I mean, that's why they made sense on this tour package. Obviously, you know, they got some pull from their previous bands. I think it was. Escape the fate, right? That's what the, uh, Max was in, or whatever. Yes, yeah. Well, anyways, sure. it doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, yeah, it doesn't. Yeah, it doesn't matter. But they had West Coast pulse, so West was trying to like obviously reach out. And Joe got canceled, by the way. I think that same day or the very next day. I can't remember. Okay. Um, I'm pretty sure it was the same day. <laughs> Joe got canceled for that rate stuff. So that dude was off the grid, like gone. Right. Like, I'm pretty sure deleted social media stuff. I'd like imagine. That. So yeah. that dude was just outski. Yeah, which is, you know, understandable with everything happening. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, uh, what was I going to say? So, Wes was reaching out to these promoters. And, you know, some of them, uh, I, I want to say most, but I don't know that for a fact. But a lot of them basically responded back to him and said, who are you? Who is saving Vice? Oh. Like, they had no idea what he was talking about. Right. He's like, the tour that Joe booked, like, I'm trying to see if we can, you know, reconfirm the state. Violent New Breed dropped. I'm just trying to make sure we can still, you know, play this. Right, right. And they're like, I don't know who the fuck you are. <laughs> oh, wow. So this dude booked us an imaginary, Ian, imaginary an imaginary tour. tour. Imaginary. Wow. He made this shit up. Like, he literally oh. just, I guess, I guess just Googled some some venues and cities and said, slapped it in an Excel sheet and said, we're good. Right. And there's no email thread. Like I said, he was closed off with everything. So... You I know. still don't get the point of that. Like, unless I know, unless you well, right, right. Unless what, is, what is the good? Like, what, where's the reward in that situation at all? The only thing I can think is that if he has gullible bands that would pay him to put them on this imaginary tour package, but you guys didn't pay him. You know what I mean? Like, that's well, no. A, it was our tour, right? So of course we didn't. Yeah. But. So it's. Ugh. To my knowledge, he wasn't getting a cent out of us. No. Then what is um, the what is the fucking point? I just don't. Maybe to buy himself more time, or I don't know. Or I really clout, don't. Maybe I. Yeah. He might have reached out to these venues, mm-hmm. but like he certainly didn't hear back. Right. For the for the sole reason that I mean, unless all these promoters magically magically got you know donked in the head with a baseball bat or something, you know what I mean? Got sure. amnesia. Right. Like, I I don't really see any scenario where that adds up right right so anyways um yeah so like that that whole situation was tough so wes had to rebook the entire fucking thing the entire thing wow so that was brutal so that's two 
back-to-back national tours. Yep. This one was our headliner. Um, and then now this one. Sorry, I lost my train of thought. I yep. got to turn my phone off. I'm getting like phone. I'm <laughs> getting messages from actually, ironically, promoters. Yes. That's who I'm getting <laughs> messages from about this tour. We're, we'll get to in a minute. Yes. Um, I'm sorry. What was I saying? I lost my train of thought. No, I, I think you were getting from the second tour that was basically your headliner that was you know, that had all the craziness happen. And right. now I think you're getting to this tour unless there was something in between there too. No, no, that okay. was it. We did one small winter run, yep, which yep. was fun. Um, that one went pretty much seamless. Oh, good. Okay. Um, that was with, um, the Enox boys. Those oh, guys are yeah, great. That's right. yeah. Um, yeah, I love those guys. They're, they're excellent. And then, um, if not for me, yes, um, they're great too. those guys yeah. are excellent mm-hmm. to you. I feel like there might be another one, but I might be tripping. I feel like there might be one more. I feel like I feel so bad. I think it was just the three of us, though. I'm yeah. sorry. No, that's I mean, that sounds about right. The The problem the problem for me now is not being in the East Coast anymore. I don't I mean, I see tours, but now I'm not paying as much attention to the entire no, roster. I, I'm I not feel going. You, man. Yeah. I feel you, man. <laughs> no, those those two bands have a lot of potential. I can't oh, yeah. say enough nice things about them. Very talented and very nice. Like. Like I said, um, yeah, really, really good dudes. Yeah. So, uh, anyways, but yeah, no, that one's that one's seamless. We did our, you know, Palladium headliner, which was great. Yeah. Um, yeah. that one was, you know, nice, nice little pack show yeah. at the end of the year. That's always very cool. And this year, um, Wes planted the seed with me. Um, well, all of us really. Um, since last fall, he's like, I really want to get you this tour with Vampires Everywhere. And I got to be honest with you, man. I didn't know a whole lot about him other than that. Other than Dead Girls Academy. That's right. pretty much it. And right. that Michael was, uh, I guess, a part of it or whatever. Yeah, he so, was the leader of um, that one. Yeah. Yeah. And I, you know, like I recognized them from like Warped Tour and stuff like that. So like, I was like, okay, cool. I, I honestly didn't know a whole lot. Um, But I was excited about it. I mean, they shared the same aesthetic and, you know, the sound was, you know, uh, comparable to what we were doing. Like it made sense. And I'm like, okay, like I get it. Like we're doing kind of like the goth core thing on the East coast and they're, you know, and we're more new school, obviously like we're an up and coming sort of mm-hmm. thing. Whereas those guys have been, you know, steady through the scene for, you know, throughout the years and yeah, stuff like that. 10 He's years somewhere a, around there. They a strong took, yeah. reputation. Yeah. Yeah. So like he, they already have a name and they're also out West. So that made sense. Mm-hmm. What I do like about Wesley, by the way, and I will say this about him is like, he's very good about like, um, thinking about peripherals so like when we play a show for instance like he's the one that taught me this but he's like you should try to get a local from like you know each state around the one you're playing in sure and you're thinking to yourself like wait why wouldn't you get like intuitively you'd be like let's just get locals from that area but like his logic is like well each of those bands from around the area brings their own crew there's no overlap really Mm -hmm. you know and like oh that's brilliant so same thing with this uh, tour strategy. And even Michael, um, when I spoke with him, was like, this is, you know, he's been on, and that dude's been on a lot of tours. Yes. Yeah, and he was like, you know, he's like, I think that's genius. But like, basically, it was going to be us and them, just the two of us for the package. And then like each, I guess, quadrant or whatever you want to call it of the tour, we would have a third regional support act. So there's layers to this. There was us and them, which were like the sort of like the national acts mm-hmm. on the package. And then there would be like a third slot that would be like, you know, a, a, a regional act. So, for example, we had, um, uh, you know, Scythe Gang, Triple yes. Six. Yep, That's how yep. they pronounce it. I just found out. I found that um, out too. Mirror yep. Lake was another one. And I think. Texas. Woo. Yeah. And <laughs> I apologize. There was another one and I, I'm, I'm blanking on it. Um, I want to say Dark Divine, but that doesn't sound right. Um, 
anyways, regardless, uh, there is, you know, regional acts for each part of the tour. And then obviously the remainder of the bill would be, you know, strong local acts that want to be on it. Sure. Um, so we were in like really good shape. Um, you know, Michael and I chatted quite often, actually, that dude's a hard worker. Um, I can't say enough good things about him, but he can only work for 12 hours of the day though. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Can't look in mirrors. By the way, I will be making all these jokes to him too. So everyone can calm down. No, no, he's good. He's yeah, good. Yeah. He's got a he's got a good um sense of humor. He's got a good sense of yeah, humor. Yeah, I figured from what I, from what I gather he does. No, I mean I I got along with him really well. Good, um he's good. very business minded. You know, obviously I'm like that. Yeah. So like, you know, we definitely um got along super well. Um I sort of pitched the idea of like, hey, like I really like doing tour management. Like that's sort of like seems to be my strong suit. Okay. Just because, you know going on tour i'm I'm clearly a control freak for anyone that <laughs> probably knows i like just i just like knowing things and like i don't like surprises so for example like um if we have an announcement coming up like i need to know when it's going to be i want to make sure i have the links you know like mm-hmm. i'm very uh i guess i'm professional you know yeah well yeah and it, it stems from my anxiety so i guess ah, it's sure. sort of like you know the control aspect like helps me like have peace of mind and right, right. as you know as you know, peace of mind is super important. Um, so like, what was I going to say? So yeah, you know, I pitched the idea to him. I'm like, you know, I, I got a good grasp for this. I've done it before. I'd love to, you know, help TM this, this band if you, if you want. And he's like, Oh yeah, hell yeah. So like we were all hockey door getting everything put together. Um, and then obviously, you know, I'll get into the, the other situation. So about, I think 20, you said it earlier, but like, I'm well, sorry. Robbie, let's that- also, let's also say, so if I have, if I have my facts, right. The you know the national tour Hellbringer tour mm. was announced in February, if I'm not mistaken, right? That sounds yeah. correct. Yeah, but I'm assuming obviously what you're talking about, you guys had been planning this probably before February, so I'm guessing probably at the beginning Ooh. of the year. Well, slowly, slowly. Okay. I'll be honest with you, Ian. Yeah. This might have been the one tour we've been the least involved with as oh. far as the okay. planning, which is weird because we're so used to being like. We're a very hands-on band. Like people right. that know us know that we're DIY mm-hmm. and like hardcore. Like I make a lot of, you know, Tyler and I do a lot of the, uh, you know, the graphics and yes. stuff like that. Kenjamin, yeah. our bass player, he makes, I'm having to make videos now. He's excellent at it. Nice. So like our whole team, you know, Sam, our drummer, he's running ads. So like our whole team is like working, cool. you know, behind yeah. the scenes. We were so used to that. And then like this tour, you know, it was almost refreshing to have like, you know, just Wesley and um, Michael and Evan Middleton. Uh, shout out to Evan. Oh, okay. uh, he's actually coming on tour with us, which is awesome. Yeah, he's he's a great dude. Uh, Michael hired him to do like all the artwork, so all the assets were being handled by Evan, and, and you know, and paid for by by vampires. So like, nice. um, you know, they had it all covered, and it was like in a weird way, kind of concerning. But at the same time, I was like, it was kind of refreshing. Like, I'm not getting dragged into stuff from my band. You know what I mean? Like, that's the one perk of not being a headliner is you kind of just sit back and, you know, sip your your iced tea and just wait kind of thing. So, um, and and everything was going according to plan. Yeah. When Michael and I linked up, we obviously talked strategy on marketing and stuff. We had some great organic ideas that um, we started executing um, and were working really well for us. And I remember... um, he wanted to make some ads and stuff. That was like one of the last things I remember talking to him about. He wanted to make these video ads with like, um, 
like the old victory record style with the cool narrator voice and shit, which I love. I'm all about it, bro. Oh, like, yeah, you probably yeah. are too. That was like yeah, for sure back in the heyday, yeah. you know? So by, and by I the was way, like, dude, I fuck just to let you that? know. Sorry. I don't want to cut you off. I just want to make sure people understand the progression of this and whatnot down here in Austin. I go to, you know, a venue, come and take it live, which is where you're still going to be playing, but you're mm -hmm. also going to be playing for the Hellbringer tour. And they have the video screens that constantly cycle through the tour posters and whatnot. And they had that. And I've been to probably nine or 10 shows since then. Every single show, they have that going. That's what every venue is expecting. Right. Is they're expecting this tour to happen. Right. Yeah. So like, as far as like, um, the ads or whatever go like he was definitely taking the helm with it. And I got to be honest, man, like we've been on tour with a lot of bands. Um, obviously we're still young, but like we've been on tour with a lot of bands. Mm -hmm. Uh, he might've been, I got to give him credit where it's due. I think Michael might've been one of the most, if not the most motivated, ah. uh, people I've been on tour with as far as like reaching out to me and getting ads together. Like we're usually that band that's trying to do that stuff. Mm -hmm. You know, and encouraging other bands to like, oh, send us your videos. We're going to put some ads together. And, you know, like, you know, I'm not saying we're the only band that does that. No, but no. in my experience, like we've definitely been the ones to take the helm of that stuff. So it was just it was just very refreshing for me to finally talk to someone that had that, like the foresight, you know what I mean? Of promoting. And for it's sure. so important, too. It's so important. Very, man. very. Yeah. So I, I had a lot of respect for him for that. And I was very excited about a lot of these ideas. Um. And then uh, just getting into the um, the actual story about him dropping or whatever. So uh, it was a Thursday, I believe. I'm losing track of the days, man. I think it was a Thursday, though. I remember waking up and someone screenshotted, um, someone in our band screenshot an email we got from one of the promoters. Uh, I had sent some like advancing stuff, mm -hmm. I guess, like recently, uh, just for context. And she was just getting back to me, one of these promoters. And she just was like, I was just told that this wasn't happening. This tour wasn't happening. Hmm. And I was like, okay. Is she okay. like, you know, what is she smoking? Like, <laughs> right. That was weird. So I like, obviously forwarded that to Michael. I'm like, LOL. I'm like, I was like this, like this chick is tripping or I, I can't remember what I said. Something like that. Like, yeah. what the hell is this all about? Sort of thing. And he's like, I'll call you here in a little bit. Oh, I was like, oh my gosh. No. I was like, bro. Oof. So he ends up calling me and sure enough, he's just like, yeah, he's like, we got a tour offer. And, um, I don't think I'm allowed to disclose what band it is, but yeah, right. he said he got a tour offer that he basically, so he was trying to make both these tours happen. And I will say all the evidence I've seen since then has proven that that's the case. Like okay. my, he, Michael right. tried to make these both gen genuinely make these both work. That's cool. I'll okay. give him, you know, I'll give him credit where it's due. Sure. Uh, the issue at play is um uh that that he cited and west cited because i guess west looked at a lot of these you know contracts with these but this other tour uh was pretty much boiled down to the radius clause uh -huh, so for yes. those of you listening that, that don't know what a radius clause is basically when a band agrees to play a show and they sign a contract usually not always but usually in that contract there's what's called a radius clause and what that says is hey, you can't play a show within X amount of miles, like radius, around this venue and within X days, right? right? Mm -hmm. So for example, like if I played a show at House of Blues in Boston or something, they could have a radius that was like a 50-mile radius for 60 days, right? meaning 60 days plus or minus of the show, Saving Vice cannot legally or, well, contractually 
play a show 50 miles um, outside of the radius of House of Blues. Does, sure. that, does that make sense? Absolutely. So that's what, that's how a radius clause works. I know you probably know that just in case listeners don't. Oh, no, it's good to explain. Um, no, it really is. Yeah, I just want to yeah, I just want to break that down for, for everybody for context. So the radius clause, um, alleged, I, I never saw this personally, but Wes said he looked at it too. A lot of them were saying 120 days. Wow. And Michael's like, bro, he's like, I've literally never seen him that high <laughs> in my entire career. And like, this dude's been doing it for, for a minute, oh, yeah. you know? Right. And he's like, dude, 120 days. He's like, that's nuts. Like for a tour that size, like this wasn't like a big arena type thing. This was like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. It's good um, size venues, but maybe, maybe good size that's venues, because, but not like, no, definitely not. But maybe it's a pandemic thing. Maybe it's possible. Yeah, people try because I will um, say I have seen it a lot where a lot of the same bands are not coming through. We have it. I, I Texas is very easy to talk about because Texas is it's San Antonio, Austin, Dallas, and Houston. Those are the big ones, right? So, right. if someone goes to San Antonio, they don't go to Austin, and if someone goes to Houston, they might do Dallas or Austin or San Antonio, but they won't. You see what I mean, like it actually works out that understanding of the radius works out for that because I've seen it happen this year, especially where I'm expecting, Hey, if a band goes to plays to San Antonio, why aren't they coming up to Austin? It's a, you know, it's a 45 minute to an hour and 15 minute drive. It's Boston to Worcester. Right. So anyways, yes, I, I just want to make sure people understood that too. It is very easy to see how that's working right now. Yeah. And I mean, it's possible. Um, again, I don't know the logic behind these promoters. I'm just saying that I, and I personally can tell you, I've never seen them that high mm-hmm. in my entire career. Usually it's like 30 or 60 days. Sure. Like that's not weird. Like 30 or 60 is pretty average. If we, if we even have a radius clause, that's usually what it is. Right. Right. Um, and again, the idea is to like not oversaturate yourself and right. And like you're splitting your yeah. draw. Because fans can see you a couple weeks later. Why the fuck would they go to the show? Yeah, you know right. I mean? like, They're like, oh, this one will work out better for me time-wise. Yeah, so I'm exactly. going to skip that one. Right. Exactly. Right. So I, I get the logic behind it. 120. The point is 120 is just excessive. Yeah. And also, there was only a few dates. I think like maybe a week of this tour, which by the way, was I think pushing two months. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This tour was like pretty long one. Yeah. Mid-April. So the Hellbender um, tour, there was like maybe seven-ish to ten-ish maybe dates. That were infringing on that ra- uh, the radius clauses. Oh, um, ironically, the Texas states. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. I was joking my bandmates. I'm like, we're not even in Texas, and we're still getting fucked by that state. Oh, <laughs> like, I'm sorry, <laughs> and I love it here so much. <laughs> oh, just for the record, I know I didn't talk about this like um, too much in the in the preface to this, but anyone that's been following the Saving by Story knows that like us in Texas do not mesh. Yeah, it is I love the funny. people there. They are really awesome people. The food's excellent. Oh, yeah. But whenever it comes to anything band or van related, yep. Yep. we always get shafted. Like, oh, my God, dude, it's it's crazy. Yes. And it's just like one of those like, dude, there there has to be a God. There's no way there isn't a God <laughs> at this rate. The amount of stuff that's happened to us there could be a whole podcast episode. I'm sure it could be. But Every time we go to Texas, there is drama and whatever. I remember talking with Adam from uh, Dropout Kings at one point. Oh, yeah. And I remember he was uh, on the Born Dead tour last year. I remember venting to him about it. He's like, bro, he's like, every band has that one state that just 
just wants to screw you over every yep. single time. And <laughs> I guess for them, it was like Florida or whatever. But oh, like for okay. us, yeah, it's definitely Texas. Yep. It's definitely Texas, <laughs> which is a bummer because, like I said, I really do want to like that state. Oh, but, yeah, of course. Um, right. Because you're from there. And you know how it is. Yeah. No, so, no. I, and it's even happening now. This isn't like a woe is me, you know, your tour is over type thing. But I was pissed because the last time you were here, we had that craziness. Right. And then now I'm going to be in New Orleans when when you're here yeah exactly like literally i'm on a plane while you guys are playing and i was like son of a bitch you're playing two miles away from my apartment yeah that's nuts dude Ugh. anyways on the so, one day the one time yeah <laughs> that is nuts dude that's how it that's how it works though. i mean like i've got fans and friends across the country where it's like um you know you're trying to link up or whatever you know what i'm saying yeah yeah or they want to take you out or whatever. And it's like, of course, it's the one day that they decide to travel and they never travel. You know, exactly. It's like, yep. But the good news is like, we're doing this for a while. And it's like, you know, it just kind of rolls. Yep. Yeah. I mean, like, this probably later yep. this year. You know what I mean? Like, it's not that, right. you know, that weird. T- and, and Texas is a really hot market. Like, oh, yeah. Unfortunately for us. But like, yeah, we're, we're going to be playing. I remember I told Wes after um this last tour. I was like, we're never fucking. I remember I was on the call. I was on a call that was like, we're never fucking playing Texas again. Fuck this state. <laughs> and he's just laughing, just like you did. He's just laughing, and he's yep. like, oh, you're playing Texas. You're yeah, playing. It's gonna happen. <laughs> he's like, it's a, it's an important state. You're playing Texas. Yeah. <laughs> and right, I was so, like, very cool. So Michael's helping you. Uh, the the radius thing isn't is a radius clause. Oh not, right. Yeah, it's not allowing you right. with with seven or eight of those dates. So then, yeah, so it, yeah. It, it was mostly the Texas, and I think there was we had an Oklahoma date that okay. was a problem too. But yeah, no. So he was just like, man, they were off by like ten days. So I guess uh, Wes went to bat for us, and he reached out to the um, I almost said their name, this band's <laughs> agent, and tried to coordinate and be like, yo, can we do some wiggle room? Like, is there any way we can like wiggle this? He talked to whoever he needed to right, about it, right. and they basically were like, nah, Oof. not budging. So basically it rendered Michael an ultimatum, which was like, do you take this tour that you got offered that he felt was like, you know, it made a lot of sense for him sure. uh, on a business sense, or, you know, do you honor your commitments and stick with the tour that, you know, you committed to keep in mind, like we had already bought all this merch, right? Like we had, yeah, right. had all, you know, uh, some members had taken time off of work. Exactly. Like there's, there's a lot that goes into us. And, and, and I explained this to Michael too. Um, and I'm, I'll happily repeat it, but basically when it comes to tour, I kind of explained this to him. I was like, dude, it's not, it's like, it's not just us, right? Like, even if you want to take us to the side, like call us crybabies, whatever you want to do. All right. Take us out of the equation. Well, what about all the promoters on this tour, right? right. That took on the shows and put that risk. And now their venues have, you know, now there's no show at that venue. See right. what I'm saying? Yeah. What about all the, the venues, right? The staff that sure. work at those venues. Yep. Um, what about Wesley, our agent, who was up all night for like six days straight trying to rebook this? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, what I mean, he works on a commission like most agents do. So it's just like, you see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that's time. At, that's time that he won't get back sort of thing. And it's like and then biggest and most important of all, it's like, what about the fans? You see what I'm saying? Like, our, right. not just our fans, but like your fans, too. You know, like it's definitely uh it was a tricky situation and it's a, it's a difficult decision. And I try to put myself in his shoes too. It's like, you know, if we got our own headliner, right. Which is our tour, right. If we had our own headliner, we got 
offered a tour opportunity, I thought to myself, like, what would I realistically do? You know? Yeah. And because Wesley asked me that too. He's like, well, what would you do sort of thing in that situation? I think what I would do is if I would get the blessing of the people involved in the tour Mm -hmm. at a bare minimum, if it was something that I felt was like a really good opportunity, like I would want to get their blessing to know that it was okay. See what I mean? I wouldn't just up and nilly, you know what I'm saying? Right. Just go and do it sort of thing. That's what, uh, that's probably what I would do. And, you know, if I was put in that sort of situation, I know it's a hard one. Um, and I think the argument here is just like, Oh, well, this is like something that, that happens. Like we heard that a lot, you know, which is like this, this happens in the industry. I don't know why it's a big deal sort of thing, but the same time it's like, uh, and I explained this to Michael. I was like, honestly, man, I was like, this is just like, it's not even necessarily this one isolated incident. Like it wouldn't really that be that big of a deal. The fact that it's happened three times to us right. within the calendar year is pretty crazy. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So like, um, and I just told him, I was like, it's not really you. I was like, it's more of like the collective situation of like, you know, you were just kind of like the, the cherry on top of the situation. And like, it's just, it's one that's like, um, you know, uh, kind of like the venue merch cuts. Right. So it's like, sure. you know, this, it was just like a, a shitty industry tradition that was sort of just accepted by all these bands, you know, who wanted well, you know to what? speak out, I'm sure. But yeah, like, what's that? I, I'm sorry, but I also don't think that's necessarily true. Like, I would say, yes, bands cancel tours. It definitely happens. I think a lot more often bands cancel tours before the promotion and everything goes out. Right. But I can specifically cite because, look, I, I went after Michael. I think people know I went after Michael making jokes about it and, you know, showing my support for the bands like you guys that, you know, missed out on this opportunity. But I cited specifically, I remember when Census Fail did this, and it was relatively recently, and counterparts called them out for it. And then CU Space Cowboy said something, and We Came as Romans said something, because Census Fail canceled to be on a different tour that they preferred, but they were the headliner or co-headliner of that tour, if I'm not mistaken. Right. It's not quote unquote against the rules to call bands out for this happening, especially bands that are on the tour with you. So I think it has changed a little bit. Maybe the culture has changed that people aren't going to be quiet. I mean, we all remember when fucking Bad Omens dropped off a tour because their font was too small. Right shit happens you know what i mean and then bands make statements about those bands saying that they're unprofessional or it's really shitty that they did that i think you guys were very good in not doing that oh yeah no yeah i think you guys would have been justified to say it and that's and just to clarify yeah go ahead yeah no i was gonna say this is a perfect segue but like i i didn't and i still don't endorse anyone going out and personally attacking Michael or any of the other guys from Vampires Everywhere. I actually really do like Michael, and I mean that genuinely. I think he's a great dude. Yeah. Um. I can't say nothing but nice things about him as far as like being genuine. It's like as much as I want to believe that it's that's not the case. Like you know, like he just is that genuine person. Good. I just okay. think that this one move, and I still you know I had a conversation with him recently, obviously after all this, and I think we were able to reconcile the situation Good. and um. You know, I told him, I was like, listen, man, I don't harbor any hatred or anything like that. And I was like, I obviously disagree with the decision sort of thing, but that's about where I leave it off. And like you said, we try to handle this professionally. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, I just, I think it's one of those things where it's like, 
And like I said, it's not even really them. It's just the fact that this has happened to us three times. It's like, all right, dude, like for real, like what, what is it going to take for bands to stop doing this? And it's like, you know, my bandmates are all frustrated. They're like, do we need contracts now? Like with every tour yeah. we go on, like what? Right. Cause like, what's the precedent here, man? Like what, at what point, no repercussions whatsoever for just dropping off its tour. There should be at least be some like, I, I don't even know some type like of monetary some sort of compensation yeah, yeah. or yeah. Right. Like we just dropped so much merch. And like I said, we invested a whole week worth of time. Oh, and for the record too, I do want to clarify that, um, you know, Michael was, um, trying to help us and still is, he Good. actually just texted me today, that's great. You know, as okay. of recording this. Yeah. So like he's been, um, around and on his toes, willing to help us with anything we need as far as rebooking goes. Um, you know, he told, Wes and I both that, you know, it's one of those situations where he's happy to help out when and where he can. Sure. So, uh, you know, I, and I really appreciate that. Absolutely. Um, and I, and I do think he means it. Uh, he actually did save us our Cleveland day, which is, which oh, is fantastic. Okay. Yeah. And, and I, I do appreciate it. Um, you know, obviously we're having some trouble with some of the other dates, but, um, you know, we'll cross that bridge when we get to it. Um, namely after the done with this podcast <laughs> sorry that's why my phone was blowing up earlier too while we were talking oh yeah that's literally what 90 percent of it is our promoters getting back to me and stuff gotcha um yeah so like me and my whole team and west like we've all been trying to fill the swiss cheese in that routing you know just right. to have it make sense uh we're almost there i'm, I'm confident about it but oh, good. anyways yeah. um going back to michael though but yeah no like like i said it's like it's not me just being political or whatever like like we had a heart to heart and you know what? I have a lot of respect um, for him calling me, Yeah, you know, the day that, because it's a hard conversation, man. I can't tell you how many people like cower behind like, a te- you know, their agent or management or whatever. Sure. You know, I, I would have thought he would have up and ghosted like, but no, he called me man to man and, and we had that conversation and I respect him for that. That's and great. I told him that too. I was like, yeah. I can't think of too many people in this industry, you know, that I've been with that would phone me up and tell me something like that. So yeah. in that sense, I, I do respect him. Yeah. Um, like I said, I don't endorse any like a personal tax or anything like that on him. I, and especially not his bandmates. Like none, none of those guys deserve that. Oh no. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Right. So, and there's a very good chance that we probably will play with them in the future, especially since we have the same agent. Um, sure. At least as of right now, like we have the same uh, booking agent. So it's very likely that, we'll end up doing stuff down the line. Yeah. It's just that this one situation, like I said, like it's just unfortunate. And I think it is a tradition that does deserve some whistleblowing. You know what I mean? Like just being able to drop commitments out of the blue. Like, like I said before, it's like, it's not just us, dude. Like I'm thinking about so many, there's so many people here that get affected by that, you know, friends, family, fans, like we talked about, like the, it's a big list. You know, it's not as myopic as like, oh, the support bands. So, and the same thing with, you know, Lil Xan and, and everything like that too. So it's yep. like, I get people have to cancel because of like illnesses and stuff like that. But I'm really big on honoring commitments. It's like, if you say you're going to do something, do it, exactly. you know? Yep. And I'll tell you, here's a great example. Um, So, you know, you and I discussed having a, a call at, eight, you know, 8.30 p.m. Eastern tonight, which is what we're doing. <laughs> and I remember I, I was helping Tyler with the merch tracks and I kind of like, got lost you know lost track of time and i saw it was like maybe 10 minutes after like 8 40 and you sent me a message and you're like oh are we still doing this and i felt awful oh my god <laughs> like i felt really bad and i know it's like mostly like you and i are close enough where it doesn't really matter but yeah my point is like 
that's just my personality of like when I'm not on time for something or if I'm letting someone down, wasting their time, like I get guilty. You sure. know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yep. So it's, uh, you know, it's, it's a big thing for me with honoring commitments and stuff like that. Yeah. And, um, like I said, it's a hard, it's a hard situation. Like if we got put in that situation, I'm not sure it would be an easy thing. You know, I'd like to say we'd honor our commitments and just stick with what we, what we had booked. Mm-hmm. But I mean, if it was a really huge opportunity, I feel like I would want to at least get the blessing of the bands we were playing with bare minimum. You know what I mean? Just be like, Hey, we have this opportunity, like, you know, but we don't, you know, we want to make sure you guys are taken care of sort of thing. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, that's just sort of like the etiquette. I think I would like to maybe change in this industry, Mm -hmm. I guess, through all this. And obviously we spun our own headliner and sort of like, you know, with, by having a headliner too, there's a lot more liberties here with what we can do and how we can market. I don't know if you saw, but recently I made a post or the band did rather, um, about like trying to get locals on these oh, shows. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I'm just like, you know, cause we've done these tours, man, where it's like, you know, there's a couple locals there that they feel like they don't even want to be there. Or they don't know who we are. So it's one of those things where it's like, I don't want to step on any of the promoters toes. Like obviously they know their own markets sort of thing. And I trust them. Mm-hmm. But sometimes, um, so, so our idea was like, all right, so let's just like do it in a roundabout way and help them out sort of thing. So, you know, bands that really want to play with us and there's a lot out there, especially in, you know, on the East coast, um, where we have a, you know, a good representation for sure. You know, there's a lot of bands that want to hop on these shows and they're, I'm like, all right, hit us up and we'll connect you with the promoter. Like you still have to do the work and the promoter still has to green light you, but like, at least let's connect to you. You know what I mean? And that way we have these locals that are you know, in theory, motivated and hungry and like want to play with us and want to be there because it's like, bro, if we're going to have a headliner now, it's like with like, you know, no regional support except for, you know, Scythe Gang and Mirror Lake's on for two dates in Texas, which isn't, you know, a a ton. No. So it's like it's mostly going to be locals. So it's like if it's mostly going to be locals, let's have a fucking blast. Yeah. Let's Let's party, dude. (laughs) You know what I mean? Let's make this fun. So that was sort of the logic behind that. I'm sure you smart saw idea. that. Smart idea. Yeah. No, no, yeah. That's, that is a very smart idea. Yeah. And we're, and we're still being respectful of yes, everyone, you know? Exactly. And I think, I think that's the thing. I think it comes back a lot to respect. Right. And that's why I appreciate you saying the true, the honest opinion you have of Michael, talking about the good things that he's done. I will always be that person where I do feel like a lot of things need to be talked about even if the person is a good person. So people make mistakes and sometimes you can sweep those under the rugs and uh, the rug and learn from them. Right. But there are also times where you have to have these types of discussions. So instead of just, and it's not letting someone get away with something like anything that a person says to somebody regarding this tour, isn't really going to matter except for what you guys are doing. Right. That's, that's all that's really going to matter. But right. When things are called out like this in public, it often will make people think more and maybe they'll do what you're suggesting, which is, hey, let's check with the other bands before we do something like this. And at least then everything is handled internally instead of having it go everywhere, because that's really what happened. As soon as I saw, look, I don't even follow Michael on anything. And it came up on my feed. It was like the algorithm knew that I was interested in this tour. So <laughs> it put out his message about it. Right. But as soon as I saw that, I go, wait a second. 
that seems really strange because I was just seeing promotion from this tour. So something has right. to be fishy here. And right. So yeah. well, like I was saying before too, yeah, he had every intention of, of playing it. Like he had already put a deposit down on, on, you know, certain things for the tour. Um, you know, artwork was made, you know, he, you know, hired for artwork. So it's like, and we were literally in the middle of making ads when he got the phone call, mm-hmm. you know, for the other tour opportunity. So it's like, this wasn't like a premeditated thing. I, I genuinely don't like it would be a huge conspiracy to think something like that. Like, I think he genuinely <clears throat> got excited about this opportunity. Yep. And um, yeah, and he is just something that he and his management felt like we got to take this opportunity. Right. You know, right. but I do want to like you, like you said, I, I do want to be a band to help kind of usher in this conversation. And like I said, I'm not trying to have anyone bring pitchforks to well no. <laughs> sorry the vampire symmetry yes it's still um the cro- burning yeah. crosses and whatnot yeah yeah, yeah burning crosses silver <laughs> no, silver no. and no yeah. nah, they're good dudes like i've known jesse too their drummer yeah. um but dude's awesome like yeah. he's super nice we met him at a show in pennsylvania like they're not bad people they're, no, they no, just I, made a decision right. that let's put it this way they put it this they made a decision that has been professionally accepted or socially accepted in our industry for as long as we can remember, right? Because there were no repercussions. That's just sort of like the way it went. Mm-hmm. I'm sure it's happened to them in the past too, you know, but if we can be a band to sort of like break the cycle, I think that would, you know, I think that's where where we got to come together on, right? you know? Yeah, yeah. And it's like, just because it's socially acceptable doesn't make it right. And I think a great uh, analogy to this, another great thing in the industry, I touched on it briefly, but mm-hmm. the uh, the venue merch cuts. Yes. So we've seen in the very recent, all these bands finally speaking out about this shitty predatory practice in our industry called venue merch cuts. And for those right. of you who don't know what that is, basically at some venues, usually it has to do with like, you know, bigger shows, <clears throat> especially mm-hmm. like arenas and stuff. But venues will actually take a percentage of the gross sales or net sales, whatever is in the contract of the band's merch sales. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Which the idea is like, well, artists are bringing all, literally all of the people to this event. See what I mean? Yeah. And it's like, why are, why are we getting 15 plus percent taken from our profit of our hard earned? See what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Like we designed these shirts or we paid the designers. We printed them up. Like, bro, you don't have no idea how many fucking hours go into this stuff. Oh yeah. No, I, like, unfortunately I do, but yes, I, well, I, I mean, don't think you a lot. Do. Sorry. I just meant like most, sorry. Right. Oh, no, no. You in like, a lot of people yeah, don't. You specifically yeah. Ian scene don't know <laughs> shit. <laughs> no, nah, dude. Oh, I can't uh, wait to use that as a quote. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just could clip that. I love that. <laughs> just make out a TikTok and oh. let it just send in, sip your coffee. I'll get a TikTok for that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So, yeah, no, like, it's just like, there's a lot that goes on behind the scenes with merch and Mm -hmm. stuff, not to mention, like, just everything it is to be in a band. And it's really, uh, it's, it's just really shitty to have a venue just sort of like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Just, um, take their, take their cut just because they can in bully bands. And it's always been socially acceptable. I'm sure, dude, I'm sure our favorite bands, everyone listening to this, our favorite bands have dealt with this. And I've been angry. Oh, yeah. And they were about to say something, and their label's like, "Shh, be quiet." Absolutely. You know. Well, think about going to think about going to big festivals. Think about going to those arena shows. Like you've been to right. them yourself. You look at a band's merch, and you're like, fifty or sixty bucks for a fucking t-shirt. Right. Where are those prices coming from? And a lot of times, it's because 
you know, bands have to mark up their their merch so that they're actually getting some of the money right. that is getting taken away from them by the venue. Right. Yeah, that's a big part of it. Um, luckily, that's one of the very few <laughs> advantages of being independent is, you know, our, you know, you know, our net profit of our merch sales goes directly back to our business. There's right. no, you know, hands in the fucking, I guess the credit card companies, they always got their hands in everything, well, yeah. but yeah. you know what I mean though? For the most part, there's no like, um, bureaucracy with, with an independent band. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. So, but now like you're seeing these bands, like, um, monuments are a great oh, example. Yeah. I'm sure you, yeah. I'm sure you know those guys. Yeah. Yep. Andy and, and, and company, they were kind of calling out these european venues yep. I, I remember our buddies over in uh traders oh we're yeah. also independent mm-hmm. yep they're also independent um tyler made a big post about it um and then there's been other bands to come out of the woodwork too yes um luckily we haven't really dealt with that a whole ton i think it may have happened to us like a couple times in our career again this happens at more bigger shows uh i remember there's been festivals where that was yes, a thing big time and we just fudge the numbers because fuck them yeah like, right. <laughs> you know what i mean like <laughs> like oh sorry we sold two shirts my guy yeah sorry you know so it's whatever <laughs> yeah. absolutely fuck them though you know what oh I mean? no like, of course absolutely it's, it's it's one of those things where you're right it's been something that like i've known for a long time but i've been in the industry for a long time right. and there are a lot of people that kind of knew about it but didn't really want to talk about it and they probably didn't want to get blackballed. Exactly. Why. And these are yeah. the type of things that need to be talked about in not only the scene, but other other musical genres as well. Like, right. especially, and I think, honestly, I think this came around once again, very similar to what we were talking about with the radius clause. I, I really do think that probably had something to do with the pandemic, where people want a lot more exclusivity than mm. they had before. So you get in the pandemic where every band is saying, hey, if you buy our merch, we're directly getting that money. Like that is what is sustaining us. That's what's keeping us afloat is right. that you're giving us a hundred percent of that's always the best way is merch, merch, merch. Well, now a lot of these venues are taking <laughs> that money from you and you're telling everyone this is the way to support us. And then uh, another company is coming in and saying, oh, no, no, no. 30% yeah. of that or whatever. Oh, is they, they meant us, ours. us. Yeah. Right. <laughs> like all of them. <laughs> right. So that, that to me, now I, I did have a suggestion. I don't know if it's possible because once again, everything always comes back and kind of hurts the fans. That's, that's kind of the way anything that's done with this right. ends up hurting the fans. Because if you raise the price of what you're selling, you're raising the price on the people that are going to, to buy your merch. But would it would it be out of the realm of possibility? Be and I know you've got to know this because of how much DIY stuff that you guys do. Mm-hmm. If you were to go to venues without merch, so I'm not saying sell it in the parking lot, stuff like that. Like that doesn't you're not gonna fly with that. But <laughs> if you literally didn't bring merch, but you brought pictures of what you have or you had like a stand where you actually showed people how easy like a chinese buffet or whatever at the mall well (laughs) yeah yeah exactly i want a number 11 the lower the resolution the better the food yes (laughs) exactly (laughs) do that with your merch but say look we'll give you free like it would have to probably be within the united states depending where you are but say free shipping if you get a piece of merch right now you know what i mean like that cost Um, would be less I'm obviously talking about if you're doing those big shows, mm. but so you're curious about if that could be a thing. Yeah. Would that, would that work um, 
would it balance out some of that loss of money? So, yeah, just based on like what I know about this. um, Well, I can tell you firsthand that shipping is definitely very expensive, especially when you start working with more heavyweight materials like Ah, hoodies. Sure. Um, Yeah. So and especially if, um, you know, if you're shipping continental U.S., it's not like I mean, you you can usually keep merch orders, even like bulkier ones, Mm -hmm. like under 10 bucks. Right. Under 15. And that's what I'm talking about. Continental U.S. Right. Yeah. So like I'm just answering your qu- your question uh, mathematically here. So like mm-hmm. if you're spending on average like you know 10 15 dollars per item sort of thing on shipping um you know on the conservative side, right? Like uh does that equate to what a cut would be at a show? You see what I'm saying? Yeah, it's just right. like at the end of the day it's like you're sort of like making your fans pay the extra 15% again. Ah, I got gotcha. you. So okay. I don't I and it would be more way more painstaking than just bringing it. So, gotcha. okay, I would say I, it's a good idea. I think in theory, I think if shipping was uh, little to no cost, yeah, um, yeah. on on the band's end, uh, I, obviously the world doesn't work that way. No, um, but if it was like little to no cost, I'd say you you were pro- you'd probably be onto something. But the fact the Still fact of the matter is that shipping costs a lot of money. Yeah. Um, plus, you know, you got to someone put stuff in a bag and print out labels like it's, no, it's not a quick thing. You know what I mean? Right. Right. Yeah. I've just been so, trying to think yeah. of multiple options if possible. No, you're Something... good. The best one I've heard so far yeah, is yeah. just what do you got? Uh, tell the venue to go fuck itself. <laughs> uh, that's that's one you could do. That is a great one. The parking lot thing is just more comical to me because like you said, it's one of those like you might as well just tell them to fuck themselves. Right. right. It's the same pretty thing. much doing the same thing by going out in your van. You're just making it way like, you know what I mean? It's like, it's just a more passive aggressive well, way to do yeah, that. And they can easily like they can easily be vindictive. They see what you're doing. So they take it out right. on you some exactly. other way. Right. They still see you giving them the middle finger. Exactly. You're just making more work for yourself by doing it out in the fucking parking lot. You right. know? Yep. So I, I would say you're better off just being like, no, nah, I'm not paying you and just dealing with whatever repercussions are there. If any, I mean, the only thing I can think of is they would probably blackball you like you're, you know, you can't play this venue anymore sort of thing. And I think that's probably why so many people have just sucked it up over the years. Exactly. Right. And going back to tying this all back to what we were talking about, I think that that's probably true in this industry. Like you, you cited the census fail situation. Uh, I'm there's been plenty of others. Oh yeah. Some that you know about and some that you don't. Oh yeah, for sure. Right. The industry standard is when you get dropped, right, and you have to rebook a tour and stuff like that, you smile and wave and pretend like nothing happened. Uh, That's what everyone expected us to do if we were to play by the the quote-unquote rules. But, like, you know, this is what I'm saying, though. It's like, why are these the rules, bro? So exactly. it's like, I'm not mad at the player. I'm mad at the game. Does oh, yeah, sense? for sure. No, a lot like, of... Michael was following the rules. The rules just weren't, like, in my opinion, like, what they should be sort of yeah. thing. And if we can be a band to help kind of bring that you know what I'm saying? Like bring us to the scene into a new conversation. Like I want to be a part of that too. Cause it's happened to us three times, man. It's something yeah, I right. clearly feel, you know, all of us feel passionate about. And, and also like, not to mention like booking these shows, like there's already a lot of anxiety going into the store. I mean, like, like I prefaced earlier, you know, like, you know, um, Chase is no longer in the band. So like, right. there's a lot of uh, musical burden on us, like trying to, get stuff together to make this make sense. You know what I mean? Yep. Like I'm starting to do vocals and stuff now. 
So like, there's just a lot on our plate, a lot of anxiety with that alone. And to have like a headliner drop 22 days before, which I don't think is ample time. I think if you're going to drop, it's got to be like before it's announced, you know? Yeah, that's but that's what I would say. Ideally, <laughs> obviously, like he didn't have that choice sort of no, thing. The right, ultimate right. came when it came. Yeah. But it was one of those situations where it was like, yeah, it, I just seeing my bandmates and how much more stress it costs. And I think that's what really fueled me to get through that weekend this past weekend yeah, with yeah. Wes to get these dates booked. So, you know, I, it was mainly West, but I was helping him. I was hitting up homies. Oh, I guess I can talk about this. This is oh, kind of yeah. interesting. So my strategy, and I recommend this to anyone else there listening, you know, is to like really re- reach out to, you know, um, when you're trying to do something like this, like reach out to your friends. So yeah. if you go on Facebook, Facebook's a great tool. I know people shit on it all the time, but it really is a powerful tool. It's the for this most, specific the most interactions are on Facebook. Right. I get nothing on Twitter zero nothing but facebook you actually get people who talk and interact with shit oh dude you got you got to pay daddy musk if you want to get seen <laughs> i'll pass <laughs> Seriously, i know i know they i even just... say that i i love how i love how like like just fucking honest he is like when he started twitter so i actually do have the the blue check mm-hmm. but the reason i have the blue check so the amenities that come with the blue check mark on twitter at least yeah um you i mean it's verification obviously to prove that you are who you say you are mm-hmm. not that i got little fake robbie accounts at least that i know of running around <laughs> but um what was i gonna say so there's that which yep. is the standard thing but you can write longer yes. tweets right, right. uh you can schedule although you might be able to do that without it no um, you but can't. that's super handy for me right um right, you right. can schedule you can edit you yep. can edit if you have twitter blue Oh yeah, it's a big one, especially with um, you know, <laughs> yeah, our t- a typo boy in the band running <laughs> right. our Twitter. By the way, so um, I'm not saying it's a bad idea to do it. Like I'm, I'm certainly not saying that's a bad investment. I just don't personally like. I hate Twitter, so there's no way that I would pay. Oh no, you're good, man. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, but uh, one of the more important ones, though, it's mm-hmm. and one of the things like when you sign up, it gives you all the like perks that you get with it yeah so from a business perspective it it just made a lot of sense right um but there is one thing in there where they're just straight up about it they're like oh yeah there's no ads that's another one oh that's Uh, nice but that is a nice one but then there was one more that was like um we're gonna show your shit to more people he might as well just said that (laughs) yeah right there so they throttle your if you're if you don't have verification they will throttle your reach then that makes sense because i am not reaching anywhere near the people i should be yeah so if you've seen the a uh, significant drop off yep. since Elon took over. That's probably a factor gotcha. right there. Well, then, so I if mean, you play by his game and his rules, yeah. then he, you know, he'll help you out. I just, don't but that's like if Twitter. again, if you care yeah. about Twitter, I well, guess. that's the thing. I just don't like it. But yeah. that I is mean, the I biggest. Think it's all right. Thing. Yeah, it's all right to joke around, dick around on. I think it's not like. Oh, also, if I ever want news, like breaking news, I just go out there. <laughs> <laughs> like, what's going? Like, for example, the uh, the recent uh, Illinois. Uh, venue collapsing or whatever. God oh, bless them. Yeah. Like, that was that, that was, was terrible. Awful. But I went to Twitter. My point is, I went to Twitter right, to, to right. check out because I knew it would be trending, and it was. And I plenty of you know articles there. So it's a it's a good breaking news source too. So I like it for that as well. Oh, okay. Um, that plus, makes it's sense, funny yeah. like seeing the bands like go. They always have like some weird sense of humor on Twitter too. Sometimes. And, well, I I will say uh, Brendan from Counterparts is probably oh he's a genius that dude's a 
that dude, like we, oh my God, I can't see how much we praise that yeah. man in our band chats. Like he says everything that we're afraid to say. But now I was doing that years before he was doing it, by the way. I have to say Oh that. no. Yeah. You were doing it before it was cool. <laughs> that, yeah. And I got a lot of shit for it back then, but I love, I love that he just keeps on doing it no matter what. Like that is such yeah. a big deal for me. I'll say so, one thing. Huge price. I remember one thing from Brendan yeah, yeah. Uh, that we really liked. I mean, there's definitely stuff we'll share in the chat that he posts. Again, it's like stuff that we would never say like yeah, publicly, right. <laughs> but, um, but he's like, he's sharing a lot of the struggles it is as a musician, but mm -hmm. he's so dry and honest about it. It's so funny. Yes. And he had this one thing about like show flyers and he's like, I'm so tired of our fans not reading the flyer and asking me like where we're playing. Oh, I'm right. like, it's literally it's in the right thing there. I just posted. <laughs> and it's such a phenomenon, bro. Like yes. seriously, go to any tour announcement, post of ours or any other band for that matter. And you will see questions without fail yep. that are like, oh, when are you coming to blah, blah, blah. It's like my guy, tick, 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 you know, like tapping on the screen. Yeah. Like, look at the thing we just posted yeah. underneath these words. <laughs> Not only is it right there, but I also see those comments of, hey, when are you playing this? And the band will post right under it. We were just there three weeks ago. Oh, like <laughs> that rip. happens so many times without fail. Yep. Oh my God. Every time we go on the road, someone's like, I, yeah, I think that's something that like at first it definitely bothered us, but mm -hmm. I think you just get used to it, yeah. man. It's just like people have so much stuff going on. In their I don't lives. think they're doing it yeah. to fuck with us. You, right. You know what I mean? Like, I think it's just, people are just, you know, genuinely aloof or whatever. They're just tuning in. Yeah. It's like, okay. Yeah. Well, I, I try whatever. not to Sometimes hold, you, yeah. you tune to the channel after the show, you know, after the show. <laughs> Right. changes just fast like, oh okay You're like i was just there my guy <laughs> just like how you're saying about how busy your day was i know my days are always busy i just try and assume that people are so wrapped up in their own lives that it's not something personal and that they they want to support you they want mm -hmm. to enjoy what they what you yeah. do but they're not going out of their way to do it and that's Correct. also that's also their laziness yep. And their selfishness that they're not paying attention to, to what you're doing and the time you took to do it. But I also just think that's mostly human nature and it's not something that is. No, dude. It's, uh, what do you call it? It's not an attack, you know? No, no, I, I agree. I think most of the stuff is just, it's very innocuous, you know, like these kids are not like, you know, they're, they're just trying to be supportive. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But it, it definitely is frustrating when it's like, and that's why I tell my guys too, like, so I do a lot of the graphic design in my band and, um, you know, whenever Tyler, Tyler does a lot of like the illustrative stuff. Oh yeah. For so sure. like whenever we're collaborating and stuff, you know, sometimes he'll like draw text and whatever. And I'm just like, dude, you got to change the color and blah, blah, blah. And he gets all like riled up over. I'm like, dude, cause I need our fans to see yeah, this they need to like see it. bright and bold. And like, you cannot mess it up. It's you see like, what I mean? It's like that joke that, uh, born of Osiris did recent did you see that <laughs> oh yeah yeah, yeah. it's funny. like we're playing with scrum diddly umptious whatever day because <laughs> it's, it's like just the death core writing you can't read any of those bits. i know oh dude so we got <laughs> added to this uh this festival in rochester yeah, yeah. and it was so funny because i was telling uh so so michael like i was saying he got us that cleveland show mm -hmm. and 
honestly, I'll, I'll be honest. I mean, I don't care. I wanted to route us home after our team neck New Jersey date. I don't think that the rest of those dates made sense. Ah. I live in upstate New York. Right. Uh, it made a lot of sense for that to be the final date. But, you know, Wes was like, oh, Michael got you the Cleveland date. You guys should play it. I'm like, okay. And, you know, there's fans in Cleveland that are excited that I've seen. So, like, all right, yeah. cool. Like, let's do it, whatever. But I told Wes, I'm like, man, like, it just kills me that we keep driving west when we need to go home. And I was like, but you know what? The last, you know, that show in Cleveland's a Friday. Could we do like a Saturday in like Rochester, like a market, oh. like Buffalo? Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Mm hmm. And he's like, yeah, if you can find someone. So I was digging around and sure enough, I hit up one of my old friends, Tyler Lincoln. Shout out to Tyler. Dude's awesome. Uh, he linked it, He linked me up with this uh, this promoter who I've actually been friends with on Facebook for a while now. Mm -hmm. uh, his name's Reinhold. And he put, was putting on a festival that Saturday. Funny. Nice. At Montage of all places. That's the, awesome. You know, like, the iconic venue there. Yeah. yeah. And he, uh, he threw us on. I think it's, uh, but it was just funny because like, I'm like, okay, cool. I, we're not headlining. We're like direct support with a uh, casket maker or something like that. Okay. All right. uh, I can't remember their name, but um, that was pretty much the extent of it. And I was like, when are we announcing? He's like, oh, tomorrow. So I'm like, okay, cool. So the next day goes by and we finally get the artwork. And I'm just like, you're joking. <laughs> I was like, this whole fucking flyer is just, like, just scribbles. <laughs> I'm like, what show are we playing? <laughs> Dude, right. Like, oh. That's how you know the show slaps when nothing's legible at all. Yes. You know there's going to be <laughs> some heavy shit. marketing and branding like pure <laughs> illegible scribbles. <laughs> That's fine for your t-shirt or your hoodie, but you want people uh, to actually no, know no, where I, to see, go. See, we have a Deathcore logo. Yes. Our buddy Jake Clark made it. Uh, right. Dude's awesome. He's in a band called Void Bearer. Shout out to Void Bearer. Nice. Also from Vermont. Love oh, those okay. guys. So Jake's a great illustrator and we commissioned him to make our, our Deathcore logo for Saving Vice. So the only place that I think it was really featured like um, intentionally was our, oh, our binary EP. Yes. We had it on that. That would make sense. Yeah. Um, but aside from that, man, we've used it for like merch and cr other creative stuff, but it's not something that we'll slap on a flyer because it's like, yeah, right. we want people to read our fucking name and like, oh, saving vice. Cool. Moving on. <laughs> you exactly. see what I mean? Like, yep. So no, the goldfish sure. brains. My point is, you got to play into goldfish brains because we all have them now. Oh, right? we definitely. So, yeah. So any way you can work into that is uh, that's the move. I think right there, talking about people's attention spans, it is a great segue to say we are probably best to be done for tonight because I looked at the time and we have gone way over an hour, which is great. I just did this with uh, Chad Kowal as well. I think people really enjoy these conversations, but. I do know people's attention spans are very, very short these days. So we talked about the tour. We know that you're working on new music. We talked about Chase a little bit. We know the band's going to be going through some changes. I think what we'll do is we'll definitely have you back on the show after the tour is done. And we'll be able to talk about not only your tour experiences, hopefully nothing crazy in Texas this time, but then we'll also talk about where you think the band is going and kind of discuss new music and all that kind of stuff. But now doesn't seem to be the right time, especially with everything we talked about. So we'll focus on the tour. I will have links in the description of the episode so that people can see everything that you're doing, follow you on social media, you know, look up the tour, make sure that, you know, their date is still there, that they can go and support you guys the way you should be. But until then, what is the best way for people to support you? Yeah, no, I think that there's a lot that's contingent on how this tour turns out. So 
I think doing another interview down the line is definitely going to be the right idea. I'm happy to hop back on, you know, later the later in the year when we're in the next uh, album cycle. Yeah, yeah. Um, as far as supporting us right now, um, obviously come out to shows. Um, like Ian said, you know, uh, we have ticket links up for everything that's confirmed. By the time this airs, too, mm-hmm. we might even be already on the road. So, uh, right. yeah, we're going to be um touring pretty much this whole spring with our own headliner the best way to support artists um i would say i mean i could go on forever about this but i would say stream music um don't stop streaming uh you know put put your artists in and um in playlists Mm -hmm. right with other artists that you like that helps the algorithm the good old spotify uh complex over there (laughs) and then as far as uh you know financial merch definitely goes the furthest um, I know you and I were speaking about merch earlier on this podcast. So, um, but yeah, no, buying merch from artists uh, is the best way to support them financially. So, yep. not just us, but your favorite bands out there. So, be sure to uh, keep them doing what they're doing if you want to support them. Yep, there you go. Well, yeah, like I said, I will have links in the description of the episode so that will make that very easy for everyone to be able to do that. I also do want to mention to everyone. I know I joked around about it before, but. When I did have my initial conversation, if you want to call it that, with uh, Michael Vampire, he did say he would come on the show. So we have this episode, and we will be able to then compare it to the episode that I'm going to have with Michael. I want to confirm that after he has made his tour announcement, so that way we can have all the questions asked, because that is one thing I definitely enjoy about always having Robbie on the show is that Robbie is always open and honest and talks about everything that's going on with the band and his feelings and opinions on it. And I think that Saving Vice really did the professional thing when it came to handling this situation. So I am going to get Michael's opinion on the whole entire thought process that he had for you know dropping the tour and everything that goes along with that so i just want to make that for anyone was like oh ian's taking shots and this person's not even listening fuck you (laughs) i I never i never do that i talk to every single person i have offered so many people to come on the show whenever something like this happens so hopefully michael does in fact do what he said and comes on the show so i just want to put that as a side but On top of that, I always love having Robbie on. I love having people from Saving Vice on, especially Tyler as well, because they're just great, fun guys who really know the business and are working hard all the time to bring great music to great people. So, Robbie, man, I always enjoy our conversations. So thank you very much for taking the time on your busy schedule and all the best on this tour. I hope that so many people come out to support you guys, especially after three times of this happening. It would be awesome to have you guys come back from this tour with a great experience with new fans and everything. So once again, man, thank you so much for taking the time. Thank you, Ian. Third time's the charm, buddy. (laughs) That's what I've been saying. (laughs) That is the perfect way to leave the show. (laughs)